hot take. <laughs> Waiting in line for confession as a penance. people to the catholic and podcast my name is jb and i'm here with my co-host guest friend matthew Woo! what's up dude party people How are you i like that one party yeah try to change it up a little bit which is kind of funny given um you know what we're talking about but that's okay um so do you want to go into the topic really fast of what we're talking about and then we'll We'll go into our icebreaker. Yeah. Um, so for our our next kind of topical tribe, um, we're going with this concept and idea of struggling and wrestling and what, um, what that could mean for us. Uh, tribe's name is Naftali, and I'm going solely based off of... Um, Looking at the way that it's spelled currently. Don't know if it's right or wrong. We'll just uh we'll go from there. Yeah. So if you if you know or if your family's a part of that tribe Hit us um, up. We wanna know. Let us know. <laughs> yes, please. We want to be correct. If you did a twenty three and me, let us know. Yes, yes, yes. When you said topical tribe, I thought you said tropical. tropical. So it's like, all right, I guess we're going to the Amazons now, um, but all good. Who is your favorite wrestler? Uh, Jacob, only person that um, can say that they wrestled with God. Oh, boo! I knew it. I knew it. That's what boo. I wanted. I knew it. You asked boo. me that, and I knew exactly what to say. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, The Rock or, like, The Undertaker. No, see, that's too – come on. You know me. You know me. <laughs> Jacob, I have I – don't, I don't know what to say. Can you, can you tell me more? Um, God and or the angel, depending on the interpretation, um, doesn't mess around. He'll mess up your hip for the rest of your life if you try to <laughs> wrestle with him. So, yeah. Fair. <laughs> cool. And and who uh, so who is your favorite wrestler? If if my um if we were going to um have a duel and we had to elect our fighters, I have Jacob pre hip displacement. <laughs> who's your uh, pre hip displacement? Who, who's your fighter? Who's your warrior? Um, this this may not end well. I it, yeah, this may not end well at all. Um, but I'm going to choose uh, Nacho Libre. <laughs> That's why I was worried that when you when you mentioned it that that we might have the same person. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. He's um, you know the free nachos. Mm-hmm. Um, he's great, a great character. Um, three out of ten, you know, fighter. 
uh, really has, you know, the, uh, the puts in the effort. Yeah. But I don't think he's going to beat Jacob. Um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, he, he, he fought Ramses and we all know how that ended up, but yeah. If you don't Um, go watch it, that's, that, that should be a staple in your music, in your movie library. Yes. Oh, but I would also say that like every, a lot of people think that it makes fun of the Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. But I, I would argue say that that it doesn't like it's kind of like it, it shows a little bit of Catholic culture in a very fun way. I go to sleep every night believing that somebody became Catholic because of that movie. Yeah. Amen. Case closed. <laughs> I also think I saw an interview saying that uh, Jack Black said that this or um, School of Rock was one of his like best creations. Ooh. If I had to pit those two together, I would. Un, I, school, school, I would rock, do school probably. Rock. Uh, yeah, I get 100%, it. hundred percent, a hundred. But Nacho Libre is still pretty. It's good. still good. No, no, no. We're see. Just because I like one better doesn't mean that the other one's bad. I just School of Rock is School of Rock, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I get that. Um, but to go into kind of our first point, talking about Nacho Libre. Um, if you, if you haven't watched this movie yet, it's on Netflix. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. Go watch it. This is going to be like an archetypical, I don't know what that word is. Um, spoiler alert, but he straight up struggles of living in both worlds, right? It's true. He struggles of, you know, wanting to be this, this fighter, um, but you know, also being, is he a Franciscan? I want to say yes, but like a, the Brown habit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I mean that let's just go with that. Okay. That sounds about and right. being like this Franciscan monk type person who's like taking care of kids and like teaching and, you know, eating beans and chips and anything that he could find while working so, on his pile driver. Right. Of course. Um, so, Matt, what is what is the struggle of living in in both worlds? What does it mean? What are we trying to say? All of that fun stuff. Well, I you know, the idea that uh, Jack Black wants to be a luchador and um, a brother at the same time. I guess it's, I guess, the struggle is that there are things that. Um, people like that aren't inherently Catholic and or Christian that people still want to enjoy and like. Um, And then there's things that um, are in a much more religious context that don't have really a place in the secular world. So I guess for a lot of people, you're trying to either be 100% in either one and mm-hmm. um, that's no fun, at least for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because same. I like a whole slew of things that are not um, explicitly Catholic. So um, we're pretty much trying to talk about the quintessential 
um, struggle of modern people, not even modern people, just people trying to find a balance between their life and their faith. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, exists existing in, in culture and, you know, you have to go to work every day or go to class, um, and engage with people who may or may not necessarily agree with you, um, and agree with, with what you believe or even what the church teaches. And, um, and it's hard, right? You're trying to represent, you're trying to obviously like in a very simplistic way, you're trying to live a good life. Um, but because of kind of the culture and the environment that we live in, you're essentially, you're representing the faith at all times. And that's kind of hard to like always be on. Right. Um, I think it can be if you, if you set yourself up that way. I guess what I would say is that it's difficult if, how about this? <laughs> if you care about what other people think about you, it is difficult. <laughs> if you don't care, then it's not difficult. I'm going to say that with a very large asterisk. <laughs> um, because I'm not going to say that we need to be like obnoxious with our faith. I think that through the other um, guests that we've had on here and from our own conversations, we've tried our best to say, please do not be obnoxiously Catholic. We want to represent the faith in a good way, in a welcoming way. Mm -hmm. um, at the same time that we've had with other conversations with people is that there is a way that you can live um, live a life that is a good life, that is wholesome, that is Catholic, while enjoying these other things that, again, aren't necessarily, like, inherently Catholic, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's, like you were saying, it's difficult when you're in a public setting of, of other people living different different lives based off of different moral foundations and everything like that. Um, but it's only as I like, I would say it's only as difficult as, as you allow it to be. Um, if I wanted to get into a, uh, difficult conversation with somebody about being Catholic specifically, I feel like I would have to go out of my way to make it aggressive. Is okay. at least in the in the areas that I've been in. So I am very well aware that I am very happy that I haven't had to encounter aggressive people talking about different faiths and different religions. And I've never been like attacked for being Catholic, which is a very. Um, yeah, it's just that's been a very good privilege in my life that I know that obviously, obviously not everyone gets right. Um, yeah. So I think there's there's something interesting there because obviously knowing you and knowing like your background and knowing the schools that you went to, um, besides kind of your your high school, a lot of your your kind of social interaction has been with Catholic people in Catholic schools. All, you could even say it was almost like a bubble. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you know, kind of. On the opposite side for me, it, and, and for me, it's it was never that I was being attacked mm -hmm. for being Catholic mm -hmm. or attacked for being Christian, mm -hmm. um, but there was kind of a, a bigger inquiry of like, oh, like, 
like you can't meet up for some school project on a Sunday. Like, oh, like why? And then you just like talk about, oh, I'm going to church. And then like you get into that conversation, which is cool. Sure, sure. Um, and, and so I think, and, and also going to a school in the southern part of the United States, which is also known as obviously the Bible Belt, mm. um, Christianity is a little more accepted, but there'd be definitely a question that that you see there and there's a question of like how are we representing the church i guess that's the other thing that you brought up it's not that we want to represent the church by being catholic by being a part of the church we always are representing the church like there's always Mm -hmm. a pair of eyes on us no matter what so then every little thing that we do and don't do um is viewed judge etc etc right Um, which which I, I love in a way, but obviously also loathe in a way that like, man, sometimes I wish I could just be like hidden in the corner. But, you know, like in I think it's what Matthew 514, like you're supposed to be a light. You're you're the light of the on a hill, something like that. Someone can can correct me on this quote. Mm-hmm. But and, and that's like that's the beauty that you can be this beacon of hope in this light. But also um, you know, if you're if you have a crucifix on your car and um, you're speeding down I-45 or whatever road you're on and like creating accidents and road rage and stuff, mm. you're also representing the faith. You're also representing whatever you have on your car. You're representing all of that. Mm. So, um, which is hard because like. That even reminds me of like I, I and I sent it to you like a few days ago. I can't remember who said it, but it was like, "Don't show me a Christian in the pews. Show me a Christian in the parking lot." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that yeah, that's exactly what you said. And yeah, so I and I, I think Matt and I like we're not saying this to to complain, but I think we say this to to empathize with everyone that like we're we even though we have this podcast even though we talk to these amazing people we're still struggling through like being a christian in the culture being a christian in this world and a lot of it has to do with like i i guess it's not even with um having public discourse with people because i was even just thinking about like it brings into question um things that i just do like by myself right like you know, is is this a movie that I should really be watching? Is there really anything that I could actually benefit from it? Is this really just like a trashy bad movie? Um, are the comics that I get is there really any fruit that can be get gotten from this? Um, are the video games that I play like is it you know is this is there really any merit to this? Um, like even like on an individual basis, I guess the same question of like how. Can I like? Am I just supposed to do the liturgy, liturgy of the hours, throughout each and every I'm day? Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure everybody would say yes. Go do that. Yes. Go do that. Um, <laughs> and and that kind of leads us into an, another point in what we want to talk about in the podcast. But before that, I think, um, like every everything, almost everything is ordered for good, mm-hmm. and so like yeah, if you're playing like. GTA 5 or something like that or whatever Grand Theft Auto that you decided to play 
like yeah there's some not so safe things but also like you have to separate that reality from from what is like true reality so it's not bad it's a way to to relax your mind but obviously don't don't do it to a point to where you're addicted to it um and you're you know trying to jack people's cars and get chased by a helicopter (laughs) yeah but i think that's Um, i think that's a hard concept for people because because even even if like a you know there there's different cam- uh you know there's going to be different camps in everything right so mm-hmm. on the spectrum of video games to drinking from um movies that you watch music. to to the music that you listen to to all these different things so it's like and um you shouldn't be expecting the Vatican to come out and sense uh, you know uh censure every single one right or like yeah. what we don't want is that or they could drop a whole playlist that'd be dope <laughs> Papa Frankie's um, Papa Frankie's playlist it's or a Spotify playlist yes. that'd be the best yes <laughs> but see that's the other thing dropping the pro- dropping the playlist and saying that this is the only playlist you're allowed to listen to are two very different things that's true you see what I mean absolutely yeah 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 and I think I don't know. It's this is a completely separate conversation. But something that's been on my mind recently has been um, the Council of Trent and um, Vatican II, and how people love to pin those two against each other. Mm-hmm. But that's a completely separate conversation. We're just gonna tease it right here, and then we'll move on. <laughs> okay. So going back into the struggle. Um, we were talking about how, yeah, like it's like being, being a Christian in the, in the parking lot. So would you say, um, harder is holier or what? Um, you mean if, if I just, if I'm a more intense Christian, then I'll be holier. Like if I do things more intensely, yeah, if you put more gusto into your liturgy of the hours and in making sure that you're praying every second, every minute, every day, which is good, which is good, but also we're human, we fall, and um, for some people, that's just like that's they they can't do that in a way. We can obviously there's aura at labora, work and pray, do that thing. Um. But yeah, it's like if you do it harder, is it like does your prayer life increase or what? I mean, I I always think about the um, the temple priest and the uh, poor beggar, right? Scenario in in the Gospels where Jesus talks about the idea that there's a priest that goes up to the front talking to God, saying, "Look at all the wonderful things that I've done. Um, look at how holy I am. How much I've served you." And then in that same instance, uh, at the doors of, of, of the synagogue, a poor beggar is saying, God, I know that I, I recognize that I'm a sinner. Um, I don't have a lot to give you. This is all I can give. You know, which one was holier? Which one wasn't being prideful? Which one wasn't being um, 
wasn't trying to um, quantify their relationship with God. So in a sense of like, um, if I pray harder, well, I'll be holier. Well, you're quantifying something that can't be quantified, but by being mm-hmm. human, that's all we ever care about. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think in a very like STEM world, mm-hmm. um, that is something we seriously care about mm-hmm. is like, am I going to get more brownie points for doing an extra Hail Mary? Mm-hmm. It's like, you could argue maybe, but you could hard argue no. Mm. Um, and I, there was a spiritual director that I was that I had. Um, he was talking about how like you should do your holy hour, but you know if you're feeling if you feel like you're faltering at like minute fifty three or fifty five, mm. it's not that you should go do another thirty minutes. You should do an extra minute and like laugh at the devil in his face, like ha, I did it. Mm. And then, like, continue with your day. Mm. Well, you know, it's almost the same thing. Like, is a is a full rosary where you're going through five um, decades where your mind's in and out, where you can't really focus, we have all these other things to do. Is that holier because it's a full rosary than saying one decade very intensely, but it's a lot shorter? You know, we you, you can't really, like, compare them right because it's about what that person's relationship is i guess that's what um because i just had this conversation about prayer and relationship with um with somebody in our cia and they were trying to because it was a new concept to them of of mm-hmm. of this idea of of relationship and prayer right it was our conversation went from talking about what are the things that i have to do right what do I have to do to be Catholic? And it went into a conversation of here are the multiple opportunities that can help your relationship grow. We just want to find which ones will help you right now. And like, that's really interesting that, that, um, I don't even say that that was like, that like, uh, this person felt like there was a weight lifted off. It, you could see that there was like a complete perspective shift, right? Mm-hmm. I think that like you're saying, like in a very STEM world, there's, um, there's things that we think that we have to do. There's some, but like the church, like in her wisdom, the magisterium, right? Sets the bar pretty low. How many times do I have to go to confession? The church says that, you know, at least can you go once a year? And if you really can't make it, do it during Lent. That's the, mm-hmm. the minimum, right? Because we're always asking, like, well, what's, what's, what's the least that I have to do so that I can know that I at least hit that? Great. Go once a year, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing with receiving the Eucharist. It's so interesting that, um, that <laughs> American churches, it's so orderly and, 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 you know, the way that people go to communion, right, in American churches yeah. or everywhere else is like, it's almost like when you see the entire row, of people in a pew get up for communion, right? It's almost like I have to get up. Whereas I've gone to different countries where there's mass and it's just like, you go up if, if, if you can go up, that's it. There is no, Mm -hmm. there's no question, which I feel like that's, that's such a more, I don't know, visible, visibly charitable way, um, to go through something like communion where it, Mm -hmm. it is about like, Hey, look, we're all, 
we're here together, but this is our individual relationship with God that we're working on. That's the struggle. Yeah. That's, I, I don't think I've thought about it in that way that of, and I've been to other churches obviously across the, across the world, mm-hmm. but I, I never really put it in that perspective of we do it so orderly mm-hmm. that you're almost forced to do it or you're outcasted from the community in a way mm-hmm. like you're, yeah. They're like, Oh, I'm sitting down like, Oh, like is like what happened to this person? Is this person like, does what happened? Like, are they, are they not doing it or? And I've definitely had that, had that go through my mind. Like if I ever had to like walk around a person cause they were still sitting in the pew, I've definitely had that like, Oh man, like, do they, are they Catholic? Do they not want to be here? Are they, um, have they not been able to go to confession? Can they not receive the Eucharist? Do they not? And it's like, but at the end of the day, like, no, we shouldn't be thinking like, about yeah, that. it doesn't matter. Like who, who cares I want to say that very carefully. It doesn't matter, right? You are going up to communion if you're in the state of grace. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> Don't matter. Yeah. It was it was funny because I was talking to another um, person uh, at my church, and they were talking about the idea of, um, you know, people that just read the missile on their phone because they have the app, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, I saw a guy with his phone out a few rose in front of me and i was like why does he have his phone now he's checking his email is he texting or something like that then i realized oh he's just doing the readings so uh so he asked himself who is more distracted right who is actually paying attention during mass it was the guy that was on his phone because he was just going through the missile right he was going through the readings right the guy that was more distracted was the person that was kind of laying down the judgment on another person right so it it almost sounds like, in a way, uh, it's a form of penance, maybe, during that time of just, like, sitting there and just kind of recounting, like, man, I did not pay attention during the Eucharistic prayer because I was focused on some person shaking their legs in front of me while I was kneeling in the pew, it like it completely distracted me, right? I'll take that as uh, a personal dig because you know that I shake my leg all the time, and my what <laughs> my mother hates it that I shake my leg in the pew, and I don't even realize it. So whenever I visit, for, and all th- that I was growing up, I if I ever sat next to my mom in the pew, my leg would just be going, and she would just go, bam, and just grab my leg, and I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> so. I apologize if I'm the one that's distracting <laughs> you. <laughs> but uh, it's you know it's a penance. It is it is part of my uh, the things that I have to do to get to heaven. Just kidding, just kidding. That is not true. Um, Father, you don't have to but, give me a penance. I was already distracted I next during to mass. One yeah, <laughs> I was distracted during mass. I did my penance. Go, see see how how far that gets you. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> But along the same lines of that, um, hot take, <laughs> waiting in line for confession as a penance. Again, I want to see the reaction of the priest when you tell him that. Like, Joe, for your penance, I went, oh, no, 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 Father, you don't understand. I came here an hour early because confession's only an hour long. 
and our church is huge. So if I wanted to come to confession, I need to get here early. <laughs> there was my penance. I would love to see the expression. On pastorally. Face. Pastorally. You tell him pastorally. You tell him that. <laughs> pastorally. But um, I don't think it could work because normally the different and it depends on the priests that you go to right right if oh remember when we talked about um what would be really cool is to get a spiritual director that is a priest so that you could have both confession and spiritual Mm -hmm. direction and have a have a clear distinction but then your penance can be much more tailored sure to what you're talking to what's going on in your life so that's why I don't think something like standing in line for confession could be considered a penance because it's not really helping increasing you patience with your personal struggles. You are forced patience. to sit in traffic on the Katy freeway Though, on a Wednesday afternoon. You're not forced. You just, it'll just happen. That is you'll, your penance just for be the in day. traffic. <laughs> Go drive at 2.30 in the afternoon on a Friday <laughs> through Houston. <laughs> then go home. There's your penance. <laughs> that would be awful. I would, I would stop Father say, hey, hold on. Could I just do like 10 rosaries or something? Because that will take a less amount of time. Than so being which one's a greater penance? <laughs> kind of like jokingly and kind of truly. Uh-huh. Is there a greater penance? Um, I think that um, is there a greater penance? I think that a penance that is tailored to your needs that will help you grow closer to God in your relationship is a greater penance than one that is mm-hmm. kind of just given. Caveat with that: um, I am not a priest. I've never done confession. I've never given a penance. So knowing that they are through that sacrament in persona Christi and not speaking as themselves, I will let them make that decision on what penance is appropriate for a person. Boom. I get my hot take while taking no responsibility for any consequences. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the goal of life? Just kidding. Yes. Maybe. No consequences. Kind of. Sometimes. Um, that's funny. So (laughs) with penance and with confession, we're obviously like struggling to be a better person, um, live in a state of grace, all of those things. Um, when does, um, sometimes it feels like our struggles in going to confession and being absolved, it's almost feels like it's not bearing fruit, right? Sometimes I don't know if you agree or disagree. Um, and when does kind of this, like going back to the is harder holier or, you know, back if you want to take a sports analogy, like no pain, no gain, or all of those things like is is there a point to where the struggle 
is becoming detrimental to your um, spiritual life or or it is not bearing any more fruit and you need to reevaluate kind of what you're doing and what's going on. I think that is a uh, perfect plug for spiritual direction, <laughs> that element of reevaluation, right? Because if you're, I don't know, the idea of no pain, no gain works and doesn't work at the same time. Um, we shouldn't be masochists, but we also like, but I feel like there is growing pains in our relationship with God and with others, right? Um, love, if it is true, hurts, right? Um, mm. so if it doesn't hurt, you have to sit back and ask yourself, is it really love? So there you know, is there a pace for, or is there a place for pain in your relationship with God and with others? Yes. Does that mean that you have to hurt yourself for growth? I would say no. That's a very unhealthy take that is not uncommon in the Catholic Church or just in religion in general. You know, this idea of like self mortification is a very slippery road. So it's a, it's a both and that um, there is pain and can good come from sacrifice and pain? Sure. Does that mean that I have to forsake everything that I enjoy that is not bad? And, um, you know, it, it's almost like um, it's the idea of vocations, right? Is it holier for me to um, it, leave my family and, um, you know, have a life of just nothing but dedicated prayer? Well, if you're a husband and a father, no, it is not. Because you would then be failing in your vocation as being a husband and father, right? A husband and father cannot just get up, release himself of his responsibilities, and go off to... Um, a secluded area and pray until the end of his days and mm -hmm. that be considered holier because like, well, you're by your, by the simple vows of your marriage, you were going to be there for your spouse until death do you part by the fruit of your children. You're going to raise them in the faith. So you, you know what I mean? Like, um, doing, doing things out of context, right out of its proper place and proper context i would say no that doesn't make you holier and even just the idea of like well this is holier than this yeah that's a that's a that's a tricky conversation to have <laughs> yeah it that that almost makes me think of and i think i don't know who told me this so i can be fact checked on this as well um i was told that a lot of people don't um, or have made this argument about the desert fathers that doing this seclusion thing um, wasn't like it, it was kind of good selfishly, but it wasn't good in totality for 
like representing the their faith system and their beliefs at the time um and that like it kind of provides a, a challenge that okay cool so like seclusion isn't good but it also is and so i wanted to to kind of get your take on it if you had a take on that part of the the struggle of of the way the church has evolved um in the understanding of the the fruits that the desert fathers had well, I don't think that like it's a question of good. I think that the the problem that we can dig ourselves in is that when we see a group of of monastics that are um, secluded, they they choose they choose to separate themselves from um, from the world. It's not that they're saying, at least the 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 from the readings and things that I've seen. It's not that they're saying that everybody has to go do that, right? We don't mm-hmm. we don't all have to go be hermits. So that's when it becomes bad. Where you say that everybody has to do the same vocational call. That's when it's bad. Mm-hmm. It's it can remain good when you have a diversity of vocations and the only thing that you're asked of is to find your vocation right which what is a vocation which is a struggle in itself right which is a struggle in itself but like it's oriented toward a good whereas where a struggle of okay how do we get everybody to be a hermit it's a struggle it's not oriented toward the good right Mm -hmm. um if everybody becomes a celibate priest how do we have holy families right holy priests come from holy families so there needs to be a diversity of vocations. That's the only way that growth can can actually happen. Um, so to to end this out, um, one or two pastoral tips, statements, um, take things for for our listeners to take away. What do you got? I want to um, I want to hear the wise words. Yeah. That cliche wise, the struggle is real and don't ever think that you're doing it alone and don't think that, yeah, you're, you're the only person that is, that is struggling with living your identity, whatever that, um, you decide kind of what that is. And, um, that. Uh, ten Hail Marys, or sorry, ten rosaries is easier than um, driving around Houston. Yes, yes. Amen. If anything, I have to peace s- be with you. I need to say rosaries to get through driving to Houston. <laughs> Amen to that as well. How about you? I think yeah. I think you wrapped it up well. There's, yeah, I guess like we're not going to uh, fix or stop the struggle. There's just going to be different struggles along the way, which everybody knows. I hope so. Um, the best that um, the church asks of you is that you deal with the struggles that are in front of you. Um, and the church is there for you in those struggles. Um 
Yeah. And I guess um, don't only think that the struggles have to be um, explicitly spiritual. Like if, if you have a good prayer life and if you have, um, if there's if it doesn't have to be a spiritual problem for the church to be able to help you, right? There's people in the church um, that are professionals in all senses of the words, right? And there's always going to be people that will be willing to um, help you out. So don't think that just because it's not a I have a difficult time praying type of problem that the church can't help you. Um, know that there are people with a whole slew of abilities that can um, help you with the church. Great. Well, thank you for this great, for your wise words. And we, we, we are praying for all of our listeners um, who are going through whatever struggle. Um, love y'all pray for y'all. Um, if there's any prayer requests um, that y'all have, uh, let us know. DM us um, while we're praying our, our rosaries, waiting in traffic, wherever we may be. Mm. You're with us there. Um, yeah. Good, good and luck and good vibes. Good luck and good vibes. Good vibes only. <laughs> Peace out, y'all. Love y'all. <laughs>